Hello, hello, hello. Welcome, everyone. Hey, y'all. This is Open Up, starring me, Ashley. And me, Savannah. We are sisters. We are from a small town in Hartsville, South Carolina. <laughs> We're in a small town in Hartsville. We're from a small town in South Carolina. It's Hartsville, South Carolina. And uh, during this here pandemic, we decided, why not, why not release this podcast? Why yeah. not start a podcast? Um, so, I mean, we're both 20-somethings, you know, what do 20-somethings 20, 20 do other than start podcasts and have babies with ink? Anyway. It was either that or a YouTube channel, okay? So, That's we, we chose podcasts. You don't have to look at us. We don't have to do our hair. We don't have to do our makeup. And it's just, like, feel-good times. But, shameless plug, I do have a YouTube channel, and I'll link that at the end of the you know podcast. You we'll, we'll do all that later. <laughs> yeah, we'll link it later. I just want to let y'all know that I can do both. I'm multifaceted, okay? Shout out, Vidi Savvy. Um, Shout anyway. out, Savvy. Did you say echo? I said ego. Oh, okay. Um, so yeah, I decided to start this podcast. It was initially called Open and Honest Conversations because that is what I love to do, just talking with people and getting a little more insight on their background, why they do the things they do. Um, and we just shortened it to open up. What you hear in the background is my cat eating his delicious dinner. His name is Baby. And that is a little bit about me. Well, actually tell them kind of how we started this podcast. Oh, yeah. Our first candid episode that wasn't recorded. Right. So, when I was still living in Charleston, I called Savannah on, like, a Saturday morning, and we were just talking about random stuff, and we ended up being on the phone for, like, three hours, just talking about our childhood and, like, why we are the way we are and just our parents' impact on us as people. And, and other people's impact growing up, you know, like school bullies or friends. Right, and our self-image and, like, how we view ourselves as black women in a predominantly white area, just specifically where we were. Yeah, our our surroundings growing up were predominantly white. Hartsville, not so much, but the way we grew up was predominantly white. Right, and um, just how my relationship with our mom is completely different than Savannah's relationship with our mom, and my relationship with our dad is on the opposite spectrum of Savannah's relationship with our dad. Right. And I don't even think they know this. Right. So it's just, it's interesting. They're not listening, hopefully. Um, It's just (laughs) interesting that we were raised in the same household, but we have such a different experience. So I just thought it would be fun to share conversations like that where we just realize things, we're candid about our upbringing, because there's a lot of people in Hartsville that think they know us. Yeah. And I think it's because we come off as being, like, so open and honest and transparent and, like, ah, we're out there, Leos. But that's just, like, what we present to people. Right. That's not necessarily who we are. Because we're both actually very sensitive individuals. Very sensitive introverts. Yes, you would never know. But Savannah is going to be loud in any... I'm the loudest any introvert. Environment. <laughs> any environment. It does not matter where we are. She is going to scream. <laughs> I can't help it. My great-grandma had a loud voice. And I got it through genetics. One thing Savannah will do is blame someone in the family for something about her. I can't Uncle help Jesse the is the reason Jesse. that she's tall. I then why am I short? Do you see the rest of the family? Gloria, do you so. see your mom and daddy? Ah. <laughs> you're right. You're right. You got a lot of things working against you, honey. That's the one thing genetics did help me out with my height. You're right, you're right. So, do you want to start with our race, considering the race war happening outside (laughs) and the social justice awakening? Or 
with our body image issues. Honestly, we're going to try to keep these episodes to 30 minutes. I said 40, 45 minutes at most, but I think 30 is really what I'm aiming for. Well, I'm trying to think. Last time, how did we, what did we talk about in our practice run? We we just talked about um, being open mostly the pandemic, but in the back, I talked about the background of this podcast so many times. <laughs> like, right. I said it eight different ways, but I really want to, in this episode, talk about the beginning and where we came from and why we are the way we are and why y'all might want to listen to us and why you might not want to listen to us. True. I think we should, we can avoid the pandemic topic because honestly, it's like too much. Exactly. We all know what's happening and it's kind of overplayed and like TLC has all these shows about the pandemic and, and the couples and it's just like, we get it. And we'll say our um, obligatory, obligatory, unprecedented, you know, everything says unprecedented this, these days. So we just said it unprecedented three times. Um, if you say unprecedented three times, President Trump shows up in your bathroom. I don't even know what she's talking about, y'all. But um, you haven't heard the word unprecedented. I don't know in what context. Like ever since, ever since March, that's been the most used word ever. Like the most Google word, the most used uh, word in commercials. See, you didn't practice emails. With that. You just started saying unprecedented a lot. Everybody know what I'm talking about. Y'all know what unprecedented. Y'all know why that's. Anyway, so yeah, you want to start from the beginning about us? Yeah. So. Like dinner the other night. Like, what is your earliest childhood memory in relation to your race? Um, my earliest childhood memory in relation to my race. I have a few. Can I? I'll briefly describe I mean, two. Go for it. I have two of them. We got all the so time one was when we were in the neighborhood on the bus. I think I told this story. I told the story on Instagram. But anyway, um, we were on the bus. Me and my two friends. They're both guys. They're both white boys. You know. Um, we were talking about going to each other's houses. Our neighborhood was, like, pretty much all white. Yeah. And, uh, for a while, we were the only black family on the street. Like, the whole street. Yeah. And they, and little backstory, they didn't want our parents moving into that neighborhood. But that's a whole nother story. A whole nother story. Um, so, we were on the bus, and we were talking about going to each other's houses. And one of the boys was like, oh, no, Savannah, you can't come to my house. And looking back at it, I don't think I really cared. Looking back at it, maybe I did. I don't remember. You the probably details. were just like, it's because I'm a girl. No, like, I, I was just like, girls no, I was just like, why? You know, I'm dramatic. Yeah. I was like, why can't I come to your house? I said that all out. And um, he was like, well, because you're black. And I was like, uh, and then I just remember Garrett. He was just like, you can't say that. He's like, what do you like? He's like, what do you mean you can't say that? And the boy just kind of, like, backed down. And then later I realized he said that because his dad spoke like that at home. So he didn't know any better. Like, little boy, a little fifth grade boy wasn't racist. His daddy is. And his daddy, the, the things that his daddy said at home translate into this young, um, impressionable child. And, you know, that's what right. happened. So that's when I first kind of, I mean, let's be real. We grew up watching Ruby Bridges. We knew about the civil rights movement. We knew about slavery. Like, our mom taught us all that stuff at home. But so, we... We also called them, like, horror films, basically. Right. We were terrified of all those movies. I hated watching... My grandma, she only had... Or our grandma, only had a certain selection of movies. Most of them related to religion, black people, or sports, <laughs> for some reason. Yes. And she had Ruby Bridges. And Savannah would be like, let's watch Ruby Bridges. I'm like, I'm not watching that in this old creaky house in Aiken, South Carolina, where the KKK runs rampant. And that's the thing. It's like, and that has something to do with what's 
what my issue is with people these days, people who are obsessed with watching these videos of black men getting shot. It was like when I was younger, every time I wanted to watch Ruby Bridges or um, Selma Lord Selma, it was kind of like that trauma porn. It's like you want to see it because you want to be upset, you want to be mad, right. and you just like, it feeds something in you. I remember just hating that feeling, though. We were like in... 5k and we watched that video where it's like the cartoon and the little boy goes back in time Mar- and it shows yeah my friend, our friend, my friend martin, martin our, our friend, friend martin. martin and i was like can i just want to go home like i don't want to watch this and it could have been the self-hatred in me um it took me a while to be comfortable in my blackness i'm gonna be real probably like a year ago <laughs> to be honest um just because I overthought everything and I thought I had a certain understanding of myself, but I did not know myself at all. Right. And you you get older and you realize that there's so many different ways to be black. You know, people exactly. try to tell you, especially the white kids at school. Like, I remember this guy told me, he was like, yes, man, I'm more black than you because I can rap every lyrics to this Little Wayne song. Ucha. And I went home and tried to memorize that Little Wayne song. Like, how dare you try to take away my blackness? Like, is it that, do you really be black that bad? Like, is it that serious? It's just, it's weird to me. It's mm-hmm. strange that the people we try to categorize blackness, and I just don't like that because we're so rich in culture and we're so diverse, to where you can't just like put a pinpoint on blackness. Right. I think. I think the. I'm not gonna say the worldview has grown. I can't really speak for the world. I know just in my personal experience and in the hub of South Carolina, maybe it was just my exposure to a larger group of people. I just being in Hartsville and having a certain like brand of black person and a certain brand of white person, like mm-hmm. you start to get a little confused, especially when those worlds collide. Yeah. Cause you're like, where do I fit in with this? Right. It's like, it's like a, like two choices. And if you don't fit in either two, you feel like an outsider. And then you leave Hartsville and realize there's like a hundred choices. Right. You don't have to fall into one or two. You don't have to fall into black or white. You fall into who you are. You know? That sounds so preachy. <laughs> but I remember <laughs> when you used to say you wish that our cousins, like, I mean, you say it now that you wish our cousins lived in Hartsville and you wish we had, like, just a family to go to because your cousins are, like, your built-in besties, like a sibling, but... You know, in the younger days, you're not really friends with your siblings. No, but it's not only that. It's not only the only reason I wanted our cousins to grow with us. It's because, like, if something were to happen to me and I need to fight somebody, Allegedly. who am I going to call? Just you. All I have here is you. Or, like, if a man punches me for some reason in the store, I can call my dad. But I want to be able to call my uncle, my cousin. I'm going to ask my to beat you up. That's, like you I always want. think of my protection, honestly. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the only reason I wanted, like, to have family to grow up with so I could, like, have that backup. I mean, I have good friends, so I know what fight for me, so it doesn't matter. But I just wanted my like my besties there, my blood there, like my family, just that connection. But let's be real, who's really besties with their cousins like that? You know, I mean, people I, are like we were at you know a certain point. No, I'm saying like people who live with live in the same town as their cousins. Yeah, but us, we had a complicated relationship with our cousins. It was a long battle, but we won the war. <laughs> I don't remember these things. Yes, you do. Because we used to, we'd be like, oh, we don't want to go to DJ Chelsea's house. And then there was a time where we were like, please, can we spend it? We made up dances. I'm sure everybody made yeah, up I dances. Yeah, I wonder what happened. I guess I think it's a worldwide thing. Yeah, people make up dances with their cousins. If you make up dances with your cousins, then you're normal. Period. But we also made up dances on the street. On yeah. old Huntington And with, like, Anna. So, like. We were the Cheetah Girls. Yeah. 
<laughs> but but no, I just I think yeah, I think we talked about what was your first experience with race? Like just the movies at grandma's house and everything or No. Um when I was in like five K <laughs> mom dropped me off at school in the car and these black girls got off the bus and they was like, Ooh, she she rode in the car, why weren't you on the bus? Like black people ride the bus and I was like, What? What do you mean? <laughs> like I didn't get the memo. I'm supposed to be riding the bus. Right. But like every year after that I rode the bus. It was just like the first day of school was special and mom wanted to drop like that was my first day in five K. Like that's a big deal. So of course she gonna drop me off. But um, cause she was able to and didn't have to work. Yeah, but I was like questioning myself right then and there. I was like, am I supposed to? Is there something I don't know? Yeah. And I remember also in 5K, they were playing like family and they have the mom and dad. And I was the adopted little girl from Africa. And it's funny that five year olds <laughs> know that rhetoric and know. Right. How the five year old know you're an adopted girl from Africa? Like, why what? were you from Africa? Why were you from the own system in Hartsville? Why was I adopted? Like, you could have just been ignorant and thought that, I don't know. Right. I was raised yeah, with you. <laughs> like the Brandy Cinderella, Whoopi Goldberg plus Victor Garber equals whatever that is. <laughs> like, so he was sorry, so cute. I don't know too. your name. He's so cute. So I gotta see what he's doing now because he was cute back then. But honestly, if you're next to such a star studded cast, like, of course you know Whoopi. Of course we know Victor. Of course we know Brandy. Of course we know Whitney. But we don't know who you are, little boy. R.I.P. Whit. I really don't know who you are. We'll look him up after this show. But yeah, you're right. Um, That's strange how kids know that. That's weird. But, but yeah. it's kind of like what you were saying, like their parents teaching that and, you know, mm-hmm. but we're probably just preaching to the choir to a lot of people and but I think something that, I mean, a lot of people can relate to it, but not a lot of people that we grew up around is being fat. Which, let me preface this. I'm sorry. It always catches Tell me. Tell about the word fat, yeah. It, it catches people off guard when I use that. I she called me off guard when she called me fat, too. <laughs> <laughs> the other day, I was like, yeah. You know, two he has two fat daughters. Like, talking about my dad. And she was like, who? Who's fat? She's called me fat with that. You're screaming it's, into the microphone. Sorry. Within context, though. But yeah, so I use the word fat as in like a descriptive term, and I probably started doing that like a couple months ago, just because it can be really destructive to use it as an insult, and it all it always goes back to the the where someone's like, "Oh, I feel so fat," and someone's like, "You're not fat, you're beautiful." It's like, well, I didn't say I was ugly, right? I said I was fat. I, I was fat, like I look good, but I could be slimmer, and so I think body types are just such a diverse thing like there's so many different body types and you like skinny is descriptive and you have you know the skinny person but so is fat in my opinion but it all goes back to the way you say it like I always say it's not what you say it's how you say it so if I say oh that fat girl over there like that's her or that girl over there the fat one you know, it's, it's, I think and it's hard to decipher because we've heard for so long that fat is, like, bad. But I think also with that word, you have to use it. Like, me, you can call me fat if you want to. But I don't think you should describe, like, a random girl on the street. Oh, no, I wouldn't do that. Fat, I would because just... in, in the opposite way of what you're saying, though, I've always heard the thing, the saying, like, okay, you shouldn't call yourself fat because you have fat. That's like saying you call yourself, we don't call men with muscles muscle. We say that they're muscular. We use it as an adjective. Well, so, the only way to use fat as an adjective is fat. You can't say fatty. 
You know the fatty one. <laughs> that the one was fat. Just say the one was fat. The one was butt fat. The one was gut fat. I don't know. I don't know. It I think sound like, right. But me personally, I just always like that's how I refer to myself. Let me put it that way. Yeah. I, I will. I'm comfortable referring to myself as fat, just because that's what I've always been. Except for that time in sophomore year where I lost like 60, 60 70 pounds. And gained it all back. Yeah. But the crazy thing is, no one's ever called me fat. Are you <laughs> kidding me? No. Are you serious? I'm serious. Like I've always been fat. I've always known I'm fat, but no one's ever called me fat to insult me. One time, this grown, this grown lady who got mad at me for being loud because as she said, I'm always loud. She called me the like big black girl right now. She called me the big black girl. People call me big all the time, but no one's ever called me fat. Ooh. And that's because they don't want to. That's because they know. That's because no one will check me. Period. Okay. No one will check me. Savannah's like the wimpiest wimp. So I don't know why no one checked her. I feel like I think I'm intimidating. I feel like well, you you come off as more intimidating because you're taller. But I'm, I'm actually the more intimidating aggressive one. one. I don't. Know, I wouldn't say aggressive. I think that I think if you're more intimidating, my intimidating. <laughs> my mood ha- can affect. An entire room. As for me, which is not a good thing, but it's also not a bad thing. I kind of love it. I remember carpool. I would have a bad day at school, and everyone in the car was quiet because I was quiet. If I had a good day, we're all jovial. Can we go back to the fat topic? Right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I remember. I mean, I had the type of body dysmorphia where I had no idea I was fat. I remember you told me that, and people told me over and over again. But I literally. I would look in the mirror, I'm like, I don't, I had this delusion that I was smaller than I was. I remember I used to yeah, buy short did. shirts in smaller sizes, and mom would be like, that doesn't fit. And I'm like, you're being, like, terrible <laughs> to me right now. And mom was just that being moment. like, mom was just being like, it, a medium is not going to fit you, baby girl. Yeah, don't get a like, medium, Like, I was girl. probably a double XL, and I tried to get a, I was like, I am a medium. Like, I know I am. And it's because I was around people that were medium. I had the same eating habits as them, so I couldn't comprehend why I didn't look like them. <laughs> it, like, I think it's the biggest curse to be born into a family with a, with a slow metabolism. Oh, my As a God. child, when you're around people with fast metabolisms. It's like, that's that's abuse. That's a, I remember Anna, one time, it's like the most vivid thing ever. She had this bag of cheese puffs, and she just ate the Our whole neighbor bag. or your friend? Our neighbor. Uh-huh. She had the whole bag. And I helped her. Because I was like, Anna looks so small. She eating the whole bag. I can eat the whole bag. Now, <laughs> in retrospect, <laughs> that obviously had a larger effect on me. Um, for multiple reasons. Because I had a slower metabolism. Yeah, and then we weren't taught the healthiest eating habits either. I think now, like, me and Ashley are both adults. And my dad is, like, finally in the place where he has, like, a good, you know, eating habits. And I think if we would have grown up with it, instead of, like, being given Crystal Light and Slim Fast. We well, yeah, we had, I mean, we were never given Slim Fast. Um, but I stole my dad's Slim Fast, because I wanted to be Slim Fast. It was, in fourth grade. It was not a thing that they ever pushed onto us. It's one of those things that we observe. Subliminal. Sublimit- when you get packages and packages of Atkins boxes and, and um Nutrisystem Nutrisystem and you just see all this stuff and you're Diet like, culture. why are we why are we doing this? Is this who we are? But when you get older and you start having like the effects of society and body image and like how you view yourself because it was high school when I started viewing myself. I mean honestly not even then when I lost a bunch of weight 
I didn't. I couldn't tell the difference in myself. Like I lost like sixty pounds, and people would always come to me, be like, "Oh, you look so good." Oh, and I'm like, "What? What are you even talking about? Like I look the same." And now I'll look back at pictures of me sophomore year, and I'm like, "That shirt was a medium that I actually could fit in." I know, right? (laughs) There was a point where I could wear mediums too, and it's like, dang. I thought I was pushing it. Honestly, I was like. No, I should still wear an XL. Like, oh. and yeah. my friend Anna at the time, a different Anna than earlier. I've literally had a friend named Anna in every period of my life. Yeah. But um, my friend Anna, she was like, "You can fit in my shirt," and I was like, "No, I can't. Like, go. I need to go home and get my shirt." And she's like, "Here," and I put it on. I was like, "Oh my god! Like, you think I'm skinny? <laughs> you think I'm cute?" No, you know that TikTok. Like, I know what you're talking about. I was trying to, Mr. President, please, if you can hear this. <laughs> Take it away. Get rid of TikTok. I cannot do this anymore. I literally will be talking to Savannah mid-conversation. She'll just start laughing. And I look over at her. And she's on. <laughs> I'm trying so hard TikTok. not to be on TikTok. But no. But let me tell you something, sis. The thing is, with the weight loss, I remember I was in a play and we had to get t-shirts. And the man said, you don't know what I'm talking about. I do. What am I talking I about? Do. Are you talking about the one? The reindeer play? Yes. yes. I was just about to say that. Okay. Okay. Well, we had to get t-shirts. And he was like, what size do you want? I was like, extra large. I'm just, you said extra large. Like, I'm an extra large gal. He's like, no, I want them to actually fit you. And at first I was offended. I was like, I was like, okay, 2X. He's like, no, that's going to be too big for you. I was like, no, well, large. And that's what I was like, wow. I think another thing that impacted me, now that you bring that up, was dancing, competitive dancing. So we danced for like, I danced for 13 years because I took some years off. You probably you probably dance for like seventeen years. I dance like my whole life. Like I'm was born a dancer. But we stars born. We got recital shirts every year, and I remember everyone would go up to the little counter and either write their sign down or tell the secretary lady. I'm so sorry, I cannot remember her name. I don't think I ever learned it. Um, and (laughs) Savannah said we neither. But um, I'm so sorry. I know, I know your daughter's name. I'm not gonna put him on blast. that sweet little lady. No, the one. Anyway, not important. Oh, I can't the, the girls will go up and be like, small, extra small. So I'll be like, <clears throat> extra large. What was that? <laughs> Can I get an extra large? It's like, you want an extra large? I'm like, I'm actually whispering in your ear. Right. And it's like, why are we a shit? Like, the thing, the crazy thing about sizes is, People can already see what we look like. <laughs> so, we're not hiding anything by whispering the extra large. You can look at me and tell I probably wear a little bit bigger than a medium. It's just like revealing. And I think this is going to sound so crazy, and I don't know if you relate. Male gym teachers were just so point blank about it. Because I recall, like, middle school and high school, the gym teachers, they literally would just look at me and be like, oh, extra large. And it was it was nothing. And but women would be like, what size do you want? Right, yeah. What do you want? That's it I'm right like, there. just go what ahead and tell me that I'm an extra large because we all know I'm an extra large. Well, let me tell you, when I was on the volleyball team in seventh grade, the most humiliating thing was that me and Mimi had to wear separate jerseys than everybody else because we needed bigger sizes. And I they make it in our size. And that's when I knew that the world was not built for big girls. And that's when I met Monique. <laughs> that's when she met Miss Parker, Nikki Parker. She made my life so much better. 
And you know, I hated the movie Fat Girls. I'm like, why do we have to draw attention <laughs> to it? Was Uncle why does it need to be a thing? And I remember that. Do you remember that show with Nikki Blonsky? It was literally Fat Camp. Now, one Fat Camp movie that I love that is, is top tier, such great representation, taught me to love myself. What? Not heavyweight. Um, not heavyweight. Yes. How was that representation? It was just so, like, in the end, the camp was about having fun. The only person that wanted them to lose weight was Ben Stiller. Like, it yeah. wasn't even a thing. And even Ben Stiller dad was like, this this man is crazy. Like, he has body image issues. You have to be very... <laughs> I just threw my cap. I'm so sorry. You have to be very um. You that's that's one good thing about growing up fat <laughs> is that now I know how to approach my kids because let's be yes. real. If genetics are a real thing, and if, unless I marry like a really skinny man, my kids are gonna probably be chubby. Um, gen- like- genetic wise, but I know like I think I know nutrition. And I know how to talk to them, you know? So if my kid is fat, like, I'm going to know how to approach it without creating someone with body dysmorphia or eating disorders. Right. I would like to talk to them on the flip side and just be like, how do you how do you view yourself? Like, I think if someone asked me that when I was younger, I would have a crazy answer. Like, I don't know what my younger self would say, but it would be a crazy answer. Because there were times where I didn't even, like, cognitively realize I was black. Like it wasn't it wasn't a part of my identity at that point. So what did you think of yourself? Like what was your identity growing like, up? Like if someone asked me whether I'd be like, I am an eight year old girl. That's it. Like being black was just kinda another thing and I remember I kinda had to be this sounds so bad. I had to be but it's called open up, so we gotta be open. I remember being reminded that I was black whenever we went to like Grandma Leola's house, especially because that's when Chelsea and them would be like, Do you have any black friends? Mind you, my first best friend was black, so I Ooh. sound like a, I have a black she friend. She has a black friend. But yeah, like, there's so many, I don't know. I, I just I, didn't I, think it was a thing. But I don't think kids, I don't think that's really a kid on a kid's mind. I don't think little white kids are like, yeah, I'm white, you know? I think it depends on the household, and I know mom made a point to not yeah. address, she did not purpose. address it, but like not draw attention to it, not make it the forefront of our brains at that age. And it's because of how she was raised. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? So, had it been up to her, we would have been going to private all-white schools, and that just would have been detrimental. That would have been horrible for our upbringing, I think, personally. I think my angsty period in, like, high school and college was because I was just realizing, like, I felt a disservice had been done to me, but obviously, when you get older, you realize, like, your parents are people, too. Yeah. They had their own stuff that they went through, and I... I didn't realize it till that day, that Saturday, on the phone conversation with Savannah. She's like, well, this is the reason why she does what she does. And on the flip side, I'll be like, well, I don't know why dad does what he does. But. Well, yeah, you have to... Um, maybe I'll have him as a guest. <laughs> yeah, maybe we need to ask him. But I think that's like something, that's the reason why I actually wanted to start this podcast. Just so we can remind everyone that like there's a reason for why people are how they are. You know, exactly. things in our life shape us to be who we are and we have to be we have to acknowledge that for others too because I can't be mad at someone who hates going to the park when when they were a child they saw like someone get killed at the park. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it's like a reason people have certain feelings towards certain situations. Exactly. But I mean, there's also the boundaries thing to consider. You don't have to share why you are the way you are. No, not at all. But I think if it comes organically in a conversation and naturally in the conversation, you have a better understanding of who that person is, why they react to things a certain way, 
And I mean, I probably learned that countless times in the relationships that I've formed throughout college. Because I'm like, yes. why is this person bringing up this thing that I'm not ready to talk about? <laughs> and it's because like they had their own thing to go through. So yeah, and people have different stages to go through things. Exactly, I, and I think it all ties into mental health. Like, I don't think I was always... Well, I take that back. I think I always was an anxious child. I think I've always been anxious. Yeah, you definitely have always been anxious. And it manifested the most in seventh grade. I remember the first day of seventh grade. Now, mind you, I had already experienced sixth grade at the school, so Mm -hmm. I knew seventh grade was just another thing coming. I hated that For those who didn't know, I was terribly bullied in middle school, as we all, all were, but I think mine had a greater effect on me than I realized, especially because I can't remember most of it. But I remember the first day of seventh grade, I my stomach hurt so bad. Like the I worst remember that ever hurt she in my was life. Crying. I was crying. My mom kept trying to feed me bananas. I'm literally like, I cannot go to school. Like I cannot go. You cannot make me go. She made me go. Um she made you cry to school. Did I feel betrayed? One hundred percent. But that's fine. Yeah. Um and I just went to school and I, I cleaned it up pretty quickly. Like, I, the second I got in that car, I was just like, all right, I have no choice. I'm on the way. And we got there, and it was just another day. I found my friends, and we got it popping. But it was very nerve-wracking and very, like, that was anxiety for sure. My stomach yeah. hurting. Yeah, your stomach always hurt when you were when you were anxious. And it's so crazy because back then, I'm a kid too. Actually, I was like, but I didn't know that Ashley still was hurting because she was anxious. I thought that she, well, I was 14. I, well, I was turning 14 that week, actually. I thought that she was being a drama queen as usual. I never tied her anxiety to her, her stomach aches. And so it's weird, like, to look back on things you don't know. I just um, remember it was sixth grade. Because we lived I in was this dancing. house in seventh grade. I was dancing. Because it was my first day of high school. I was oh, hyped. My. She literally had her little flip camera. And her no, it was my flip jacket. camera. It was like a digital camera. It I was sub camera. It was a digital, like the, the silver digital camera. And she was just dancing and so giddy. And she's like, yes. And she already had these friends. And she already knew everybody. Because she did band, band camp. camp. <laughs> and I'm literally just going in blind. All I have are my elementary school friends. And I just remember seeing... It was the open house and how big that gym was, and that's where we're all supposed to meet. And I was losing my mind. I'm like, it's going to be so many people, and I'm going to be just fed to the wolves, and it's going to be a terrible, terrible experience. And it's funny to compare that to, like, my first day of high school and college. Yeah. Because my first day of high school, I was just like, let's get it popping. Like, right, your confidence I got my, is built. I was so com- I'm like, I was put through the ringer. You literally cannot give me anything worse than that. And I wish, I wish I had the knowledge now. I wish I could go back in time and, like, talk to you about your first day in middle school. I don't know if I did. I don't think I did. Nope, you was. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing on your mind was who you was about to see. Yeah. I just wish I could go back and, and warn you because Hartson Middle School is, like, the worst place in the world. Like, you can't tell me any differently. It's a prison. It's, like, the worst place in the world. And kids at that age are the most ruthless they'll ever be in their whole life. It I'm, was I'm convinced. brutal, my I'm dude. convinced that middle schoolers are evil. And, like... Even the nice girls were just evil. Yeah. The nice girls were evil. The mean girls were evil. The in-between girls were evil because they didn't help you out when everybody else was being evil. It's, just mm. like a, it's like, a real bad situation. And I think a lot of people... I didn't have as many friends in middle school because, I mean, a lot of people knew me, mm. but, like, the people who didn't go to North Hartsville, which was our elementary school, you go to that middle school and you're combined with all the different grades. And, like, I just know a lot of people, 
just, I don't know. It was just. Right. I remember, I think seventh grade was probably my worst year. I don't know what that entailed. But, like, sixth grade was okay because I had, like, Miss Brazookas and, like, everyone else looking out for me on the hall. Seventh grade, I didn't know any of those teachers. And then eighth grade is when I had, like, a good, solid, like, group of friends that yeah. I trusted. And, I mean, they were different groups. They weren't the same group. But I just had different people that I could go to. And so I felt more comforted by that. And I think that's why I clung to the teachers in seventh grade. Like, Miss Johnson was my best friend. <laughs> Yeah, Ashley has this thing where all her friends are middle-aged white women. I don't know how. Miss Johnson was a black woman, and so oh. was Miss Addison. But anyway. Your friends with Addison? Love her. I'm friends with her on Facebook. Anyway. <laughs> Savannah, the teachers were her biggest enemy. Enemy. Like, they all got in the hallway one day and, like, <laughs> talked about me. Like, literally, my teachers, one of them is sitting in my Facebook friend request right now. That's a whole other story. They would get together and they said, have you ever noticed a change in Savannah? Like, yeah, what's going on with her? And like, I just blew up and I went into my class that day. I said, y'all, I said, I have an announcement to make. I will be going, I will be attending Emanuel Christian School starting next week. I've had enough of y'all. My dad sent me to Emanuel. So say your goodbyes. Um, And. Well, what about the other thing you said? You told them you had an excuse for something. And you lied. Oh, yeah. I don't want to talk about that. Yeah, I, I know, think you should I know it's open and honest. Go I ahead. don't want to be open and honest. This is a safe space. I was being bullied. This girl All not... five of our listeners. I know. If you're still listening at this point... Um, Kudos. Comment a smiley face on my recent post on Instagram. Leave a review with a smiley face. Yeah. So, I was being bullied. <laughs> um, This girl knocked all my my binder off my desk. All the papers <laughs> fell out of it. And I was just fed up. I was having a bad day. I was PMSing probably. I'm a hormonal teenager. Mm-hmm. Having a bad day. I'm just crying. Because this girl says something about, something about my dad. And I realized people... That's not a really country bit, man. It did. I realized, like, people in middle school would talk about, like, my dad because they knew who he was and, like, it was just, like, they wanted to say something, just say something. Anyway, she's talking about my dad. And I don't play about people talking about my dad. It's something about it just really rubs me the wrong way. And looking at how it's weird though because now they know each other and they're friends. That's a whole other story. So I was crying because I was just fed up. And the teacher said, Savannah, why are you crying? I said, my cousin got in a bad car accident yesterday <laughs> and she's dying. Did that really happen? No. What did my teacher proceed to tell me? She said, it's okay. This, today is the anniversary of my sister's death. No! <laughs> I was like, crap. How do you come back from that? Well, I did, what, I did what any seventh grader would do. I came back to school the next day and said, it's a miracle she didn't die. Oh my goodness gracious. I wanted to tell her that I lied, but I had too much pride. I couldn't tell her I lied. But I was just, it just all came out. Because I think, I think something really, I think my cousin really did get in a car accident that week, but it wasn't fatal at all. It wasn't that bad. But I just, I, I wanted think, to tell him I was crying. I think it's only fair for me to share um, an embarrassing lie I told in middle school. Oh, so we that weekend we went to our cousin's house <laughs> in Columbia, and they have like this wooded. They had just built a bridge in their little wooded area, and it was like cute. And I was over there, I literally stepped on a stick. It it probably scratched my ankle a little bit. Tell me why. The next day, I went to school with <laughs> my ankle wrapped up and had crutches on. <laughs> And this is why I think it's funny because 
you know, my dad calls me a hypochondriac because at one point I was, and he followed me up. He would, yeah. he brought home crutches. He got crushed from the hospital. He wrapped up my foot, and I guess it just made me feel special. <laughs> there was nothing wrong with me. I literally got poked by a stick. Actually, and I was limping too. We're telling people all of our stories. We're not gonna have anything to talk about on the other. We have on the next plenty. Episodes. Lord Jesus, we have plenty. But yeah, that's basically like us growing up. Some little candid stories about us. Yeah. I mean, sh- kind of telling you how we shaped into the people we are today. Um, for real. Actually, in her hypochondria, my my passive aggressive line. Hypochondria is a strong place. Oh my gosh. I think these days, and you know. I need to give my parents some credit. It's so funny that my podcast is doing the Lord's work because I realized why they didn't believe a lot of the stuff, a lot of my mes- medical issues because I was a hypochondriac. <laughs> there were a lot of times because even my stomach issues, that was just anxiety. We didn't know that at the time, but there was, I didn't have no ulcers. There wasn't nothing in my stomach. They gave me placebo. I distinctly remember that because I went to that doctor, the Asian doctor, the one of Indian descent, and I'm saying this so you know. I don't care if the audience knows. Um, I don't remember him. And he... Oh, he has a daughter that's close to him. It was with our I don't think... I don't know. I don't know. I don't remember him having a family. I just remember oh, his no. face. And he... I remember his cold, clammy hands. And he was just like, yeah, you probably have an ulcer. And he was like, "Miss Robinson, can I talk to you outside? And then they just had a little conversation. And when they came back, <laughs> I had a prescription. For these little pink pills, and they tasted so sweet. That's doctor privilege. That's doctor privilege. I love them so much, and I'm realizing. And they also mentioned it. They thought I didn't know what placebos meant. They were placebos, because I distinctly remember asking Dad. I was like, "What? What is a placebo?" And he was like, "Oh, it's like fake medicine, so someone thinks they're okay." I was like, "Oh, okay, bet." And it's because I had placebos. <laughs> They really tried their best with what they were giving. <laughs> they did. They, and that is me. They did try their best with us. I'm not gonna lie. I mean, I don't remember any situations where I had to get a placebo, but I'm sure there's someone they enabled me to do something. I think after the whole your cousin died thing, you should have got some therapy. <laughs> but you know, we just dealt with our bullying different. I think you dealt with your bullying by immersing yourself into a fictional world. Whoa. And I dealt with my bullying by immersing myself into a fictional world. I don't think at that time I did, though. Yeah, you did. Well, it was like little different things. It wasn't like big you know things what? like Glee or nothing like that. It was like it was high like school musical. Nice. You're yeah. absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Yeah, I know you a little bit. But yeah, I don't know how I dealt with my bullying, but it was just like, I got like low-key bullied. It was never like horrible. It was Is stuff that, I could take. Is that where my love of musicals comes Everyone who loves musicals. Everyone who's obsessed with musicals and knows every single word, were you bullied? Social experiment. Because I think they were. Were they bullied because they're a theater kid? I feel kid, like there's more people. Or are they a theater kid because they were bullied? I think there are more people in the world who were bullied and not bullied. I think everybody had a bullying moment, you know? Well, Even yeah. the bullies, especially. I mean, at one point in high school, I was a bully. Can we have the show where we, like, air out all the people that we don't like in Hartsville? Because I would love to, like, no, no, no. name names. We won't have any listeners. Those are going to be our main listeners. <laughs> no, they won't. No, they won't. People I want to listen are not going to be listening. I mean, you, it's a free country. This is called Open Up. Okay, we'll, we'll have an episode. We'll have an aired out episode. Oh, my gosh. That would be so much Open fun. Open Up aired out. Like, literally, I'm coming for like, all you. Like, even like a roasting thing. Like, the read. This is for you, Rachel. 
Yes. And Rachel doesn't listen to me. Not a real person named Rachel. Oh, yeah. Bad name. Rachel's the one girl from my class. Love you, Rachel. Okay. Now you're married, so I know you like me. What? Oh, I know Rachel. Hey, Rachel. Um, but yeah, I think we can wrap it up here just so we don't get too much. Like we jumped over so many topics, but this is just a little bit about who we are. It's our candy conversation that we what would normally made talk us about. Who we are. We love reminiscing. Like literally. Well, I know I do. I love bringing up like old things that happened. It'd be like, remember that time we did that? And maybe it's because I live in the past. I do too, because the present sucks. I don't know why that was relevant at that moment, but it's the truth. Um, Maybe we can say the same a year from now. True. But thank you so much, everyone, for listening. Um, We are aiming to have episodes every Monday. I would love to be consistent with that. But who knows what might happen. You never know. Um, Definitely pending with our lives and where we're going and what we're doing. You know, we'll keep you posted on social media. You can find me at Ash Elizabeth Rob, and you can find Savannah at at I don't want you to follow my personal one, but you can follow me at at veggie dot savvy savvy with two eyes, or you can find me at at echo savvy e c o savvy echo dot co, <coughs> and that's my at too at eco savvy dot co. And my fence stays. <laughs> <laughs> But no, thank you so much for listening, especially if you made it this far. Oh my goodness. Oh. Yeah, next time just play it and it's like be driving somewhere or something or taking a shower. I don't know. But yeah, if you just sat here and listened, like, congratulations. Like, I you guess. just sat here and like, listen. Like, you just sat there. Like, I don't even have an intro or outro. Yet. Like, this is the outro. Bye, okay, y'all. bye.